This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. What's going on and welcome to the Backpacking Podcast. I'm here today with Jeremiah Stringer and a good buddy of his, and I'm going to let him introduce him in just a second. But Jeremiah, I got exciting news today. Oh, what's up, man? My wife got a raise today at work. Uh-oh. But it wasn't just a raise, dude. It was like a $7,000 raise. Wow. Nice. You buying new gear? No, come on. <laughs> that's, come that's, on, dude. Nice. I just put my daughter in preschool. We were trying to figure out how we were going to pay for that. So, like, you know, that was a huge blessing for the family, though, man. $7,000 raise. Isn't that amazing? That's a giant blessing, man. Hope that's that's huge, bro. That's huge. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. Man, so, and, and I don't have COVID anymore, so that's good. Oh, yeah. He's all healed up from the cooties. Yeah, because, dude, I had, like, right, like, most people probably don't know this, but, like, we recorded, like, three episodes in one day. Mm-hmm. The next week, I got COVID. It was rough, I hear. Dude, it was terrible. It was absolutely awful. I was, like, on my couch, running a 101-degree fever, couldn't move, didn't want to eat it. I lost 11 pounds, though. Wow, I mean, <laughs> that's good for the weight loss. John's I mean, been I've been working on weight loss anyways, you know, it just... I went from like 59 pounds of weight loss to 70 pounds of weight loss. So I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it's a trade-off. Yeah. So, Kickstarter. Who knew? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I, I don't wish that on anybody. <laughs> I guess not a good way to lose weight. Let's put it that way. True that. Yeah. I was, I was saying an upcoming video. I was just, um, working on it yesterday. Probably starving yourself out in the woods. Isn't the best way to lose weight, but backpacking is a good motivator. <laughs> We've talked about that. You and I have talked about that. So. Yes. That's right. well, well, why don't you introduce our guest who's sitting right. there right next to you? Usually we don't get guests that are live with us. They're usually like remotely dialed in. But today you went hardcore. You like you paid for an airline ticket, gas <laughs> money in a hotel, brought in a guest. I took a shower too, washed off the hiker stink. So. Oh, man, that's uh, awesome. He's actually sitting here next to me. This is my good buddy, Bryce Burden. How's it going, man? It's going great, man. Oh, don't leave me hanging. Oh. <laughs> for those so, of you who are listening right now, Jeremiah just went for a fist bump, and Bryce just basically ignored it. It was classic and beautiful. I'm, I'm and, looking at the screen at you, JK, man. Golly, dude. I, you're looking good. The beard's awesome, man. Dude, thank you. It's finally growing back after making the mistake what? with the wrong size trimmer. My gosh. Yeah, man. man he was hurting. So, uh, embarrassing. this is my buddy, Bryce. Uh, Crazy thing, uh, Bryce. I, I'll or unless you want to tell how no, we go met. For it, go for it. <laughs> okay, so Bryce, he does a bunch of different stuff, which we'll get into later. But we're kind of from the same area. We live in the Lake Cumberland region in Kentucky, southeastern Kentucky. Beautiful and, region, my by the way. Beautiful yeah, region of Kentucky. Love it. And I remember uh, my wife and I went downtown to. Like, I don't know, they're having some kind of festival or something and they have, you know, beer and food and they block off all downtown. And, you know, you walk around to the different vendors and check stuff out and all that. And so uh, <laughs> I was walking and then uh, I think Bryce said something along the lines of it was him. He was walking and there's a lady with him and uh, they're pushing a stroller, I think. And uh, he was like, oh, my gosh, are you Jeremiah Stringer? And I was like, what? <laughs> and now, now the channel is growing a little bit on YouTube. So, you know, the bigger it gets, you know, the more videos and stuff blows up, the more often you get recognized, but it's still very rare. And I was like, this is unreal in just downtown walking around in my hometown. And, uh, he's like, Oh my gosh, I, I know you from YouTube. And, uh, turns out, awesome. Bryce, hey, yeah, it was crazy he probably he probably thought he'd scare me to death <laughs> i did it was great it was awesome <laughs> but, did that. okay so I, I took my family out to uh sunny's barbecue here in nicholasville and uh, we're eating and 
my wife and I drove separate because of her work schedule at the time. And so she left with the kids and I'm sitting there by myself. And all of a sudden I hear this guy go, Hey, John. And I look over at like a table, like two tables over. And this guy goes, dude, I love your channel. Wow. He goes, I, I didn't, he goes, I, I didn't want to bother you while you were eating with your family, which I thought that was cool. You know, like some people yeah. don't do that. People don't understand boundaries. That dude was so cool. And it was just awesome. It was just one of the nicest things anybody's ever said. Cause he's like, yeah, I didn't want to bother you, but just want to let you know, I love your channel. Well, I can't do it justice, <laughs> our interaction there, <laughs> but it was lit to say the least. And Bryce, yes. how did you actually know? I think you've done a little research and that kind of stuff. Sure. Uh, yeah, man. I, I actually moved back to Kentucky, uh, to our hometown. Um, uh, and, and when I moved back, I just was scrolling through Instagram and, and looking at geotags and you don't do anymore i know i do here and there yeah here and there but anyway i was looking at geotags and just you know looking at hashtags and and just trying to see who in my hometown is getting out and hiking and 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 you know getting in the woods and i kept coming up to you and seeing you know seeing your your, your ugly mug on there and, and uh, <laughs> that led me into youtube and and uh, and yeah man uh when i saw you walking down i was like <laughs> There's Jeremiah Stringer. It was, great, man. It, was, it was awesome. So. Okay, so Bryce, I have to tell you our first interaction. Okay, like mine and, and Jeremiah's because I had a channel, but I hadn't done anything with it yet. Really, I had like 30 subscribers. Sure, but somehow Dan Becker and I got connected because I used to live in his hometown. Sure, and so he he sent me his number because give me a call. So we we're talking on the phone, and he gives me Jeremiah Stringer's phone number. So here I am, this like lowly 30 subscriber YouTube channel. <laughs> now, my channel was, called- I was given, you were like 1200 subs at that point. You yeah. were, you were, you know, you were doing the, you were doing good at the time. You were doing good at the time. Um, but, uh, I remember that I, I got your number and I called you the whole time. Like, man, I hope he doesn't think I'm some kind of big dork or something, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so he answers and we ended up talking for like 20 minutes and he's like, hey, man, I'm going to be driving to Nashville in a few weeks. He goes, why don't you call me back and uh, we'll talk while I'm driving. I'm like, okay. So I gave him my number because I was like, well, you'll be the one driving. So you call me. And that also gives him an out because I'm thinking to myself, this dude doesn't want to talk to me. I'm going to give him the out. I'll give him my number. If he doesn't call, it's cool. I won't be, I won't, my feelings won't be hurt. You know, sure. I, I'm like a big nobody. So I was like, not worried about it. And uh, he actually calls me up. And he goes, hey, man, what's going on? And we talked like for three hours. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's basically where the relationship started. And it's just bloomed ever since, you know? He was thinking so, about you the whole time on the long trail. Oh, yeah. I know he was. He told yeah. me, he said, he, he said each night when he was dreaming, he would, he would think of me, which really, which really touched <laughs> me in my heart, you know? <laughs> because that was that trip, right? When you were heading yeah. down to Nashville. Yeah. 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 I was on my way to Nashville. Yeah. yeah to fly out for the long trail. That's you nailed awesome. it, man. Well, Bryce and I became friends and, uh, you know, we, we'd hooked up and, um, he, he invited me to speak at an event that his organization is, was hosting. Can you tell us a little bit about that organization that you started? Yeah, man. Um, I'll just give you a, a quick briefing on, on who I am too, as well. Cause I think it ties into, to that whole motivation of why I wanted to, to start Kentucky outdoor adventure project. But uh, yeah, born and raised here in, in Kentucky and, and, um, grew up, uh, like you, JK, um, you know, in scouting, um, and, uh, kind of got exposed to the outdoors through, through my dad and that. And, um, and, uh, anyway, just kind of fell in love with it. Um, ended up moving to, uh, Washington state, uh, Tacoma in the shadows of Mount Rainier and, uh, nice. spent eight years out there. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome experience. Um, and, uh, anyway, got this idea for, uh, a gear library, gear libraries are nothing new, nothing, uh, universities, you know, usually have them and things like that. But, um, I wanted to, you know, open it up to, to more people. And so, um, the outdoors doesn't really need any more recognition out there. And, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's the hip cool thing to do. You can go to all the obscure trailheads at, you know, 4am and they're still going to be full. And, uh, and, uh, anyway, so, uh, when me and my wife decided to move back to Kentucky, uh, it was with Kentucky outdoor, uh, adventure project in mind. And, uh, and yeah, so we just started a 501c3, uh, nonprofit and, um, 
that's that's pretty much what we're doing. We 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 have a uh, a library full of gear uh, that lowers the barrier of entry into the outdoors for uh, for organizations, um, for families, and uh, they have they uh, gain access uh, to this this library by by going through a couple classes, getting educated on on um, you know on on how to use it properly and and how to be a good steward of the land, and then um, and then we recommend different places for them to go to and, and things like that. And they, they get out and, and rock and roll with it. So, um, so yeah, just really lower, lowering the barrier of entry into the outdoors, uh, for folks. Um, and then number two, getting, just getting people moving as you know, JK through your weight loss journey and, and you as well. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Jeremiah's lost a hundred pounds. So, I mean, like he understands he's yeah. been there. And so, I mean, you know, Kentucky is like one of the most obese States in the nation. And I mean, yeah. we just got to get our people moving and then uh, the last thing is is just bringing awareness to our public lands. And and I know you guys visit uh, the, sorry, I call it the Red because I'm primarily a climber. Uh, the Gorge, Red River Gorge, um, you know, it doesn't need much more recognition uh, because obviously they're already experiencing you know the the, the growing pains that they've had. Um, but uh, but there's so many more areas uh, within the Daniel Boone National Forest within Big South Fork. Uh, Cumberland Gap, Mammoth Cave. I mean, we've we've got some amazing public lands here in Kentucky that people Absolutely. just underutilize. And um, one thing that I've learned is uh, if you don't use it, you lose it. And so uh, the organization was founded to to kind of do those things. You know, lower the barrier of entry for gear, um, get people moving, and then uh, just bring awareness to our public lands. Can I ask a question? It's not very serious, but I have to I have to figure this out. I'm confused. What town are you from? <laughs> Somerset. Jeremiah. Yes. Say I live in Somerset. <laughs> I Just live say in it real quick. Okay, now now Bryce, you say I live in Somerset. I live in Somerset. Okay, can you now say vestibule? Can you say vestibule for me real quick? And I, I can't <laughs> knock Jeremiah on this because I grew up calling a vegetable. Okay. So like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't say anything. So all I know, this is all I know. Like like I'm listening to you talk and I'm going, there's no chance. Like there's no way you're from Somerset. I I, I did live like eight years out in the Northwest. So I mean, and that. I, okay. also, I was born in Somerset, but I was raised in Monticello and it's a little bit more Eastern Kentucky than Somerset. Like this is the big city. This is where everybody goes. If you need to go to the mall, you know, see, before- I, see, I I don't think Somerset is Eastern Kentucky. I don't think you're on the West side of 75. So it's like technically you're South central Kentucky, which is actually more hardcore sounding anyways. But I mean, I just know like most of the people I've met from Somerset sound like Jeremiah. Sure. Not like Bryce. (laughs) Sure. So when you're talking and and like you make the comment, I I try to keep a straight face when you said it, but you're like, yeah, I moved back to my hometown. I'm going, what hometown <laughs> I, you know I, but anyways like that's not a cutter i just oh no i just, you had, to, I just had to figure it'll, that out you get me talking with jeremiah it'll it'll come out for sure. oh, good. that's what I want. we're gonna work for that this whole time we're gonna constantly like try and get you to say things like pie or sky or anything it comes out as ah oh yeah we'll get that we'll get it eventually well i think the the washington state rubbed off on you too man oh totally it totally did for sure you pick it up you know, yeah. whenever I was living in Ecuador, you should have heard me whenever I left there. I, was- <laughs> <laughs> I could just imagine a, a, a Kentucky, like, Hispanic accent. Like, yeah. I, the combination of the two together had to be phenomenal. <laughs> well, my Spanish got to be okay. I mean, I could almost have a conversation. I'll bet it was. I'll bet yeah, it was. I- you were there for how long? Only a month. Only, Only a month. Only. <laughs> Well, That's I'm a long saying, time, dude. Well, language-wise, a month isn't long enough to learn the language, you know. Unless I have, you have a super brain like Jeremiah Stringer. I wish, man. I am average right? best. Average at best. <laughs> yeah, molding young minds, average at best. <laughs> so, anyway, Bryce is talking about this organization. Yes, let's keep talking. Sorry, I am. I I do this all the time. That's like I said, Jeremiah is the good one for this thing. I'm the one that's always constantly ruining the conversation and the mood. So you're good, man. I was just going to mention how, how grave an honor it was. Bryce, uh, he had this firesides chat idea and, uh, there was a local like 
I don't, I don't know if it's really a brewery. Yeah, it's a brewery. Is it a yeah, brewery? Yeah. Okay. So there's a local brewery. Shout out to Jarfly. And uh, he hosted an event there. There was a fireside chat. And the idea was, you know, how we gather around a campfire and we basically talk and, you know, hang out and have fun and laugh. So Bryce's idea was to, to bring that same kind of environment um, into this establishment. And you hang out, have a couple of drinks and chat and he has some speakers so he gave me the honor actually speaking there and uh, i remember i talked about my first backpacking experience and uh had, had a great time there's there's another few people i knew some of them already that had done a cross-country road trip together how many people was it uh, i think it was like six of them yeah yeah six people all driving thousands of miles and checking out like a bunch of national parks and stuff so he basically was there, used was there a seventh person who like didn't make it <laughs> there's a dog that's a lot of moving parts for a group man like somebody's gonna hate somebody by the end of that trip you would think normally so that's pretty really? impressive if they all made it live yeah they were all really into overlanding so they were in separate oh. vehicles and things like that so i think oh, that made cool. it a a little easier <laughs> separation you know on the on the way to uh, the different parks and stuff yeah, nice. they did say it is tough driving that far. Like for how they were gone for like a couple of weeks, I think, and that is maybe a week. I don't remember. Anyway, that's a long time in a car. Like you drive six, seven hours every day, maybe more, and then camp for a day or two, check out the different national parks. I'd like to do it, but I'd like to maybe rent a jeep and then pop the top off, take the doors off, and Bridget and I can cruise around and drive out west. I still haven't been, man, and. Bryce has been trying to get me. I remember you were planning a trip to Summit Rainier. Yeah. And he yeah. was talking about all of the equipment and the, the micro spikes and self-arrest. And I was like, yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> this is pretty scary stuff. Oh, no. you can do it. Yeah. You I don't can know. do it, man. Bryce, Dude, were you? It, you got this. You still got this. AK knows. He's been on Kilimanjaro. Yeah, buddy. You got this. It's a beast, man. That's a I'm different trying beast. to get out. I've been trying to get out west and every trip that like so far I've, I've had like three different trips and something mm -hmm. has happened to make them all fall through. So sure. I'm starting to like think the West hates me. So like I'm hoping say I'm hoping next summer I'm gonna get out to I was supposed to get out to Utah this fall, then some things happened to made that made that not possible. So now I'm like I'm getting itchy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm ready to get out west. I'm curious. We'll talk about it in a second, but I'm curious about your adventures out west. Sure. Yeah, that's what I want to hear about is Pacific Northwest because living there for years. How many times did you did you go on Mount Rainier? Uh, I've got four summits myself. Uh, I think six attempts. So and that's a fourteener, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. It, yeah. yeah, it's the most glaciated peak in in the northwest or in uh, the lower forty eight. So I want to hear. I want John and the audience to hear this ridiculous story. So Bryce uh, had my wife and I over, uh, and you know we had dinner and stuff, and got to meet this little girl. And he told me a story about uh, it's a crazy poop story. <laughs> up and we haven't <laughs> talked about poop on here in a while, dude. Well, we haven't been live streaming. I mean, we got live streams coming up, but uh, a few weeks. Like, just a few weeks few weeks away and that really yeah. brings out the poop for some reason i don't have poop in us <laughs> so we are still going to be doing that this fall coming in to the new season but uh bryce <laughs> you want to tell john and the audience about about the pooping up on the please yeah man i'll, I'll totally share this because it's not my poop story i didn't i didn't <laughs> i wasn't the one laying the load so will you do uh, me a favor <laughs> A little closer to you yeah so uh this is this is oh, man if, if my buddy hears this he's totally gonna wreck you me, you but, don't have to say his name no it's good it's what's good. his name <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> so he's uh i don't know is it hypoglycemic uh not i, I guess it, I, I can't remember between hyperglycemic and hypo anyway he's just shooting these uh like uh gels all you know on the way up uh on our summit day and uh so summit bid leave uh camp mirror at like midnight kind of thing and uh you know you've got like six hours from camp mirror up to the summit uh pretty much give or take a few uh few minutes there but uh anyway 
man, he's just shooting gels this whole time and uh, to, to keep his bl- blood sugar up. And, and uh, man, we, we cross over into the crater rim. I mean, you're, you're in the crater itself in the big circle and, and, uh, and, you know, you take off gear and, and before you, you got to actually walk across the, the crater and then, you know, gain this, uh, the ridge for the, the true summit. And, uh, but everybody kind of just sheds gear and stuff there and it's getting, getting warmer. Sun's already up and, and, uh, anyway, uh, man, it hits him and he's, he's gotta, he's gotta take a dump. I mean, it's, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's happening. And he's like, guys, I mean, we're all exhausted. He's like, guys, no, no pictures. No, no. And we're like, dude, it's fine. It's, it's golden. Like do your thing, you know, uh, well Rainier, even though it's dormant, still active, you know, uh, volcano in in the fact that it's um there's steam vents and stuff so he's walking over one of these steam vents and you got a blue bag it there and stuff you know but he's he's trying to get some privacy so he's going over to some of these steam vents and he's he starts post holing now for people listening if you don't know what a blue bag is we're talking wag bags correct oh yeah wag bag yeah yeah gotta carry your poop back out oh yeah yeah you can't leave that on rainier (laughs) and uh Anyway, so uh, long story short, we've got a guy with a GoPro on his helmet, and it's just taking pictures every like thirty seconds, kind of thing, right? <laughs> and so we told him no pictures, no pictures. We didn't. This is not planned at all. We have no idea. We're laughing at him. We're having a good time. It's not until we get back to the house that we're going through all of our photos, and we see it. <laughs> <laughs> and it is, and you know, it, it's GoPro. So it's like, you know, super wide angle field of view, all this stuff. So you, we've really got to zoom in to see it, but it is the exact moment that this, it th- comes out. This is a family show, so I don't want to get too graphic, but dude, you can see this third. <laughs> it is touching his butthole and the snow at the same exact time. And it looks just like the gel that he's been shooting all day. I mean, it is like, so anyway, that that's, that's the poop story. And then the next picture is, you know, 30 seconds later or whatever. And it's him holding up his blue bag, like in a blaze of glory, just, you know, loving it, loving life. And, and the best part is there's this beautiful scenery behind him. Oh no, totally. Time. Totally. It's, <laughs> it's one of those ones you could put in a magazine and see if anybody ever actually notices him in the background. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The, uh, the anniversary for that trip was just, uh, I think like a week and a half ago. And, uh, we were on this group thread, uh, text, you know, of course sharing that picture. And, uh, he was like, Oh man, it's the scariest poop of my life, you know, cause he's over <laughs> next to these steam vents. It already smells like rotten eggs and everything. And he's Hey, just- but it's kind of like a natural bidet of sorts. You know what I mean? Like if you can handle the heat, yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> So there's nothing to hide behind. There's there. nothing to hide behind, bro. The Alpine is so unforgiving when it comes to uh Yeah. Kilimanjaro, uh you had there'd be occasionally you'd see a big rock. Sure. And you could go behind that and do your business. Um, but there's no wag bag rules or anything up there. And so like you just oh, really wow. gotta be careful. Yeah, like I didn't even know a wag bag existed, <laughs> to be honest with you. Cause like they never told us to have one. I mean, it's Africa, you know what I mean? Like, so we're not talking like America here. So like we knew nothing of that. Uh, Now I will say I never actually did the deed out on the hike because they always had bathrooms at our camps. Sure. So if I had one, I'd I'd pinch tight and just wait. You know what I mean? Um, We've got it. We've actually got a trail called pinch them tight here in uh, Kentucky. And every time I see that, all I can think about is Kilimanjaro and how many times I had to pinch them tight just so I wouldn't do that deed out in the wood or out in the, yeah, (laughs) it's just, yeah, we'll just go, we'll stop with that. Yeah, so the ranger stations and stuff out there, they they provide all the the blue bags. They want you to use them, and and uh, and uh, you know definitely definitely frowned upon if you don't. There's nothing like seeing a big frozen turd left there from last year. Oh Just, yeah, yeah. So so uh, Mount Adams actually, the ranger station there, they added a little something into the kit. You go and get your permit, and then you get your blue bags and and everything. And, and there, there was actually a paper target, like eight and a half by 11 with like a bullseye target and a little bit of kitty litter that you could like, you know, sprinkle on it, absorb some of the smell and moisture. So I thought that was a nice touch. That has a very nice touch. I'm so unfamiliar with the carrying out the poop. I've literally never done that. And I don't tell my neighbors, but if dog poops in their yard, I will use the doggy bag. Cause you know, we got a couple of dogs. I'll, I'll scoop it up. But if there's a trash can around, straight in the trash can. I don't care. Oh, who see, I, I don't care about that stuff. Like, yeah, I don't. I, mind. I had a guy. I had a guy who was a neighbor of mine walking his dog, and if his dog pooped out in front of our house, 
he'd be like, Dude, is it cool? I'm like, I don't care. It's in a trash can. Like, yeah. It's not like dropping it on their doorstep, lighting on fire. You know, you're dropping it in. Yeah. The- you only do that to people you don't like. like that's, that's right. A big deal. Yeah. So it's the same thing. I don't want to sound uncultured here, but I'm, I'm getting schooled on the, uh, <laughs> the, the poop bags. So just like the dog, you just reach and grab it, scoop it back up. There's no, you, you poop what? into the bag. Don't you? Is that what you're supposed to do? Like actually poop into or the bag. You put the bag on your butt. Yeah. That's what, that's what they, that, I mean, Devin Ashby did an entire video on oh, his I, channel. I haven't seen that, that country one. exposure. And it's, that thing is like a million views or something. It's like some insane number of views on that video. And he literally, I mean, he doesn't do the deed, but he shows how you hold it up to your cheeks and make sure that nothing comes out. And yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm a, I'm a kind of sit it down. Cause uh-huh. you, it comes with two bags, right? Cause uh-huh. yeah, you don't want, you know, the, the goods coming out on your gear. So you double bag it. And uh, yeah. So I actually sit a bag down, drop the deuce. Uh-huh. And then do a little uh, little doggy bag pickup kind of thing. So okay, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. I dig a dig a cat hole usually. Yeah, there's there's definitely different schools of thought on. on how to <laughs> well, I was to say when we had Dan Becker on here, he was talking about how the wind was so violent that he was holding that bag up against his cheeks as hard as he possibly could, praying the wind didn't catch it and blow it off while he was in the middle of doing it. So. uh yeah, so you guys, I mean it's it, it it's it's something. I don't even know why we're talking about it right now, other than it's really funny to talk about poop on this podcast for some reason. So, well, if you want to see something really interesting, look at how they uh, how these big wall climbers that like climb El Cap and stuff like that in multiple days. Uh-huh. See their poop uh, procedures. Yeah, just you can YouTube it. It's good. <laughs> well, that sounds like I got something new to check out yeah. in the poop world. Yeah, that's oh man, yeah. Bryce has been trying so hard. I feel like to get me to go climbing with them. And I don't know why, because I'm scared of heights, but I'm willing to try. Wait a second. Wait a second. Hold up. You're scared of heights? I'm scared of heights, man. How did I not know this? I think it's my ego. <laughs> I think it just overshadows it, you know? You gotta not let <laughs> I just, it get to you. I mean, I've hiked in some crazy places with you, like, especially out in the gorge on the goat trail. And yeah. you're like right there, and it's like a few hundred feet, and you're not going to survive the fall. Well, like, that's pretty safe. It's pretty safe there. Okay, that's just cool. Don't, don't fall off the edge. You're good. Well, you're that safe. does help. Yeah, that does yeah. help. You're safe climbing too. There's yeah, rope. I mean, it's, we're not free solo. We're not Alex Honnold free solo. <laughs> you're safe climbing, man. But I don't know. I mean, you're safe in an airplane too. But <sighs> you still fly. That thing goes down. Well, <laughs> you're going down too. I took an outdoor class in in college, and we did. Um, oh, what is it when you belay and you go? What is that when you go down the cliff? Repelling. Repelling. Yeah, I, I've done repelling. Yeah. I've done yeah. that. Yeah. So, and that's. I think that would be scarier than climbing up. Honestly. No, come on, man! Climbing yeah. up, you're going up. You're seeing where your hands are going. You're yeah, not- but you're looking up. If you're smart, you're not looking down. So, like, but if you repel, you gotta look down, and you're yeah. going at a pretty decent rate of speed. Yeah, man, repelling is definitely, definitely scary. I mean, that that first initial like leaning back off the edge of the yeah, cliff, yeah, it's, it's I was terrified heavy. the first time I did that. My biggest problem is I can't find size fifteen climbing shoes for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I've been looking everywhere. That's what it is, man. Dude, it's brutal. You find some, holler at me. I I'm happy to give it a try. You had to teach me the techniques and stuff. I yeah, feel like my sure. legs. There has to be a video fit. camera involved. Ah. Uh, Oh, we'll it has record. to be a video camera involved. I just worry about my upper body strength, man. I feel like I'm so weak, and I want oh, you're a beast, bro. You're a beast. It's like climbing a ladder, man. Do you use your hands to your arms to pull up on a ladder? No, not really. It just keeps you on there. Your yeah. legs do all the work. Oh, see, I can do that. I got strong legs. Yeah, this isn't like American Ninja Warrior, dude. Like you're not gonna be dangling from your arms for most of this stuff. Yeah, I just feel like it's so scary. Dude, I had a buddy in college. He was six foot five and weighed 300 pounds. <laughs> and he was a rock climber. And he actually taught rock climbing one summer. Wow. 300 pounds. And the dude was a killer rock climber. I mean, I'm a big dude. For climbers, I'm a big dude. And, uh, and, but it's all, it's all technique. You know, I'm, I'm definitely not going to climb as hard as I used to. And, uh, not that I used to climb super hard, but, but I mean, now I'm, you did. You did. We're going to say you did. Okay. They call it the trad dad now. Trad, trad dad. Now that I'm a dad, it's, uh, you know, just, 
just uh, moderate trad routes and yeah. dad bods. Dad bods take over. The moment you have a kid, it develops immediately. That's right. I'm so impressed with you all, like taking your kids out and getting them started and everything. I think so many people, they, it, I feel like, and this is, I'm not trying to step on any toes here. I'm not a dad and I have no idea what I'm talking about. All right. So we'll go ahead and put that out there. But I feel like there's so many people that their kids, they don't live with them. Like the people live with the kids instead of the other way around. Sure. And the kids kind of like everything's dictated by the kids. And I get that, especially when it comes to like your kid is an infant and they're not mobile and it's super inconvenient to do anything, anything. <laughs> but you all, your kids are getting to the age now that they can get out there and they can experience some of it. And I thought it was really interesting, man. Whenever we were camping, we headed up to the gorge and uh, it was me and Bridget and you and Becca and your daughter. And the way that you all gave her some decision-making and would you share with everybody what, what you kind of left up to her whenever it's, whenever you're packing and all that. And how do y'all do the family hiking, camping, that kind of stuff? Oh man. I, I don't know what, I don't know what decision-making we, uh, we left well, up to her. I can't remember. I remember it. explicitly and specifically what y'all did, but okay. I was giving you a chance to share. No, I so, can't remember it all. Man. You all still had Same to pack way. all the essentials. Sure. And, you know, you're backpacking with kids. I don't have any experience doing that, but it seems like the parent is pretty much carrying all the weight and anything your kid needs, you're bringing it. But you let her choose some stuff too. It's like you gave her so many items to choose from. Sure. She packed her own backpack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you all still kind of share the space. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> you you summed it up right there. Yeah, we just – um you know, give her an opportunity to, to, to bring what she thinks she needs. And, and, uh, I, I think, I think on everybody's backpacking journey, it's, it's very uh, important to kind of, what did you not use the, you know, last time and then don't bring it this time kind of thing. Yep. So we've just kind of started that at a super early age with her, you know, kind of thing. So the first time we went out and her backpack was full of toys and stuff like that, that she never even, you know, she thought she had to have while we were at the house, you know, and, yeah. uh, you know, it wasn't, wasn't the case. Uh, and so we've just pared it down and, and, uh, over time, you know, she's, she's, she's learning. So, yeah, uh, the big thing is with little kids and you could probably speak to this too, Bryce, like you want the kids to enjoy it. Sure. You don't want to beat them down the first trip with this heavy backpack and sure. long miles and to where they're just like, I'm never, I don't want to ever do that again, daddy. Like, sure. I don't want to go again. My first camping trip with my daughter was on a friend's farm. Sure. Where their daughters, who were right around my daughter's age, came out and they played all night and they had a swing set and we slept in a tent. I mean, that's like we had a campfire and we did all that, but it was just more so that she could be outside and sleep in the tent and realize it's okay. Sure. And the next trip, I mean, my daughter's only four, so we're still kind of, and my wife doesn't do anything outside. Okay. My wife is allergic to the outdoors. She will tell you that. <sighs> and so she is not backpacking. She is not hiking. She is not sleeping in a tent. She said, until we buy a camper, she is not camping. And That's so, cool. uh, so she's a glamper, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm doing it by myself. So I don't have any help. And so like, for me, it's like just trying to get her out there and enjoy it. And I think probably just from listening to what Jeremiah said about your trip, that's probably your mindset too, is just really giving your daughter the opportunity to actually enjoy it. So she wants to keep going out. Sure. Yeah. It, you know, it started with just, uh, camping trips and then day hikes and then, uh, we went on our first overnight backpacking where she actually carried all of her stuff that she needed and, and cool. a little sleeping pad, you know, cut down and everything. It's, it's hilarious, you know? So, uh, she's only four as well. And, and, but man, I, I mean, she was born out in Washington and I, I'm trying to think, I mean, she was snowshoeing. I mean, she was with us while we went on a snowshoe, like six months, I think. I mean, she just wow. doesn't different like and we learned a lot through that don't leave the passy in the car you know so um, <laughs> that's a good tip and you know it's it's crazy because and i hate to even admit this but like she's six months old and, and we're going out and i'm trying to find this perfect spot jk like to get this awesome family picture i mean i've packed like a wool blanket and everything in the snow we've got our snowshoes on our dog it's killer it's gonna be awesome and i'm like let's just keep going a little bit further a little bit further we walk a little bit further and then i just i think i pushed pushed her a little too far, you know, before we stopped and fed her and all this stuff at six months old. 
And uh, so we got some good pictures, but I was doing it for the gram, you know, and and, oh, yeah. uh, and uh, showing the family back home and, and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, man, um, she cried a little bit, but you realize that, hey, they lived through it. I do too. And, and uh, you know, on to the next day. So one of my favorite stories with her, uh, you guys are familiar with Chateau Trace, obviously. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So we do a lot of just little day hikes and stuff on, on different sections of it. And one of the sections that's really close here is from old highway 80, uh, down to Hawk Creek. Like, so you're going South to North, uh, if you're familiar with that area, uh, JK and, um, we're going down and we play in the Creek for a little while and we're coming back up and it's got a a pretty steep section coming up. I'm maybe five or six paces in front of her. And and I'm like, Hey, do you want me to, want me to carry you up this, up this steep? And, uh, she goes, no daddy, I can do it. I mean, this, oh, this awesome. yeah, this is like, uh, I don't know, back in the spring or something. And, uh, and so I'm like five or six paces ahead of her and I'm, we're just, you know, going up, going up and I can hear her talking to herself. I'm like, what is she saying? So I stop and pull off to the side of the trail and she's coming up by me and she's going, you can do it. You can do it. Be quiet legs. You can do it. And I'm just like, Oh my oh, God, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That is awesome, cool, man. And so she just does stuff like that all the time and, and, you know, talking her to herself and, you know, all that. It's just funny. It's just funny. I have decided while we've been sitting here talking, you, your appearance reminds me of somebody. Oh, God. And it's somebody that's very influential to me personally. And that is, and I'm going to put this up on the screen because it's been, it's been bugging me the whole time, like who you look like. It's oh. Joe Thomas, the, the future <laughs> Hall of Fame offensive lineman from the Cleveland Browns. Dude, you look crazy a lot like him. <laughs> Like, are you super buff too? Like, and we just no. don't know this. Like, no. he's I'm shredded. Not, I believe it, dude. He's, a, he, I mean, he's a hardcore mountain climber. So, I mean, <laughs> but seriously, the whole time I'm looking at you, I'm like, who does he look? Dude, you look like Joe Thomas. Right there he is. For people listening online right now, we just put his picture up. Go look up Joe Thomas and you can imagine what Bryce looks like while we're talking to him today. So, <laughs> or if you actually want to see Bryce, just go on the YouTube channel, <laughs> Backpacking Podcast. But how much more fun is it just to imagine? I mean, come on, that's the best part of like books and stuff is like imagination. Yeah. So if you can imagine, Bryce is six foot six, weighs in around 270, and he's shredded. That's, that's, that's Bryce. I'll take it, man. Yeah, let's go. I, I knew you would. I would take that too. I'd just like to be six foot, but you know. You know who I think Bryce kind of looks like? God. Who's that? <laughs> I think he kind of looks like Les Stroud. I think you got, you, you know, your hair shaved down. You got your beard going. That's who I kind of think. John, you looking it up? Actually, I'm going to show you something else here. Let me let me save this image so I can, I can show it to you here. But this is a little bit better, I think, representation of what Joe Thomas looks like now. Oh, it's not going to let me do it. But Joe Thomas now doesn't have hair. Like he shaved his head bald and he is super ripped. Like there with the, that first picture, he's like a big dude. Uh-huh. He's not a big dude anymore. Now he's like super like here. Like, oh, here we go. If I, let me see if I can get this on there so I can show you this. Cause if you could see this, you'll be like, dang boy looks good. You know what I mean? <laughs> John is a super Cleveland fan. I don't oh, know yeah. if you can tell. Oh yeah. Dude. Hardcore bro. Like grew up in Northern Ohio. I gotta be that guy. It's not letting me do it. So we're just not gonna worry about it. But Trust me, he's a big guy. I'm looking up Les Stroud right now. We'll see if we can get Les Stroud on here because uh, that is Jeremiah's, like, I, I guess, famous person crush. Hey, I grew Stroud. up watching Les Stroud, man. Yeah, dude. Do you know who yeah. that is? The name sounds familiar. Is that the like the survivalist <laughs> dude? Yeah, he had uh, several different shows. Yeah, One yeah. was literally Survivor Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On Discovery Channel, he is a big baller when it comes to all that stuff. You yeah. know, we we do these YouTube channels for backpacking. We got this podcast. We sit here and talk, right? But I mean, whenever you're out there and there's nobody to help you, and you got to film everything yourself, sure. like I carry around a Canon M50, which sure. is like a camera this big. And he's out there sledding around all this camera equipment, doing a whole TV show. It's insane. He's got a YouTube channel too. That's him right there. That's him. Yeah. I think that you all, <laughs> it's a handsome guy. You want to know what you're saying is if Les Stroud and Joe Thomas had a child, it would be Bryce. It'd be me. <sighs> well, I didn't say that. That come out, <laughs> that come out of your mouth. <laughs> but maybe. I don't understand what the problem is with that. Like, I mean, I don't know, man. I'm just saying. I just don't want to be punched in the face by 
Joe Thomas or whatever that guy's name is. Sorry, I'm whatever not whatever that guy's name is. I'm not a Cleveland <laughs> fan. Like that matters. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I want I want to get back to what we were talking about before. That's okay. So I think that the whole um making it comfortable, like John was saying, for your kids, you want them to have a good time, especially their first time. I think that that transcends just whenever you take a kid backpacking. Because if you take a friend with you, same deal. You want to make it as comfortable as possible, which is oftentimes very difficult. Uh, yeah, but there's not the entertainment factor that kids need to have. What do you, what do you least, mean? Like kids, you almost have to like, at least kids I've dealt with and my children and everything, they're so like, they can't, kids aren't just going to sit and talk at a campfire. No. You know like, what I mean? You've got to have some extra things. There have to be things like s'mores and there has to be, uh, little games while you're hiking where you like point at things and they have to, it's just a different thing altogether with my friends that I've taken out. I want to make them comfortable, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't have to entertain my friends. You know what I mean? True. I think that's the difference between children and adults. Like children, there's an entertainment factor you've got to have and you've got to do things because they're children, you know, that mm-hmm. their brains are, are empty. Like I won't say they're empty, but they're, they're sponges. They're trying to learn in every single moment. Like, and they're, they're, Children are bringing in so much information at one time, and so they're constantly needing input. Whereas sometimes as adults, we like going backpacking just because we don't need any input, and we're we're loving the fact that it's just an escape from input. To be honest, at least for me, it is. Yeah, I agree. Have you guys heard about the the different games and stuff that you kind of? I don't know if invent is the right word, but you kind of make into games at camp. Do you have any? Yeah, I mean, uh, just sitting here talking about it. I mean, now we don't let uh, – my kid's name is Blake. We don't let her bring a ton of toys out because we're like, hey, like the outdoors is your toy kind of mm, thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. So she's uh, – like the last little day hike we went on, uh, you know, she found a stick that looked like a gun. And so she went hunting, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and so she awesome. loved it, you know. Or um, she's always wanting to pick flowers for mom, you know, whenever we're going. So she's always just on the hunt looking for stuff. Um, uh, I'm sure you guys know uh, sassafras, the, the plant, the, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's got yeah, yeah. three leaves. One looks like a spoon. The other one looks like a fork and the other one looks like a, like a mitten. And, uh, and so, you know, whenever I told her about that and uh, this is root beer, this is what root beer, you know, is made out of. She's always on the lookout for those three leaves now, you know, it's just little things like that, you know, stuff that's educational and, and whatever, but then just that keeps her engaged in looking around and, and, and all that stuff. So. Yes, I can't remember. I say, my little girl's always on the lookout for a four-leaf clover. Oh yeah, every time we're out, it doesn't matter if there's no clover on the ground. She is looking for a four-leaf clover, and she'll pull one. She go, "Daddy, it's a four-leaf clover," and one of the leaves is ripped. You know, but she, I have to, I have to tell her the bad news of, oh, sweetie, I hate to tell you this, but that's a ripped leaf. Yeah, you crush yeah. her. You crush. Hang on, hang on. Oh, here we go. And I'm like, keep on looking. And so she gets excited and starts looking again. Oh. You know, it, it's not a disappointment because she doesn't. My daughter is very different. Like my my son would lose his mind. He would just ball out crying because of it. He's also younger, but she like wants to get the actual thing because if she gets it, she's going to put it in her pocket and she's going to remember when we get home. It's in her pocket. She's going to pull it out and she's going to want to put it in one of her little books or notebooks or something so that she's got that forever. Yep. Um, so like she doesn't want a fake one. She yep. wants a real one. We'll get this, JK, speaking of that. So she, we're out climbing one day and she's digging around, you know, up under this overhang, you know, just digging in the sand and in the rock. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm looking for a gold rock. Wow. Man, she starts obsessing over it. That's awesome. Right. Every time we're out, she's always digging, looking for a gold rock. So me and my wife got the bright idea to go ahead and paint some, you know, just keep, keep a couple stones in her pocket painted, you know, and, you know, just. Give her a bone, toss her a bone every once in a while, make let her find one, <laughs> actually find one. And so we painted some up, and and um, and so we're down at uh, like Yahoo Falls, right? And and we're playing, oh, yeah. we're playing in the creek through there, and and um, and I just toss one out of my pocket, you know, and I'm like, hey, maybe we should look over here for a gold rock. And she looks down, she finds it. I've actually got a video I'll show it to you after after the podcast here, and and uh, she kind of looks at it. And just toss it. I'm like, she goes, it wasn't shiny enough. Oh my goodness. Oh, no. 
<laughs> so. so you're gonna have to get like gold chrome paint for oh, these yeah, things man. to make them look oh, right. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. maybe some fool's gold. <laughs> the fool's gold. I, 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 yeah, I, she, she's no fool. <laughs> kid. You got a smart kid, man. <clears throat> was it on Canoe Hound Adventures? We went on um, his show, and he was telling us the different stuff that they do, like burying a, a cottage cheese container, like level with the ground, and trying to throw rocks and stuff in it. Like, yeah, ladder ball and all that kind of stuff. I never have done anything like that. At well, they're also bringing canoes, so they're like, yeah. you know, lo- they can load down a canoe. Yeah, I'm not carrying that stuff out into the woods. You know, I think I think that's the difference for them and, and backpackers because it's like I saw I saw a meme today that that showed the heaviest substances on earth. And the first one was the or the heaviest substances in the universe. And the uh-huh. first one was the earth, and it was like came down a little bit, and then it was like something else that was huge and a black hole and almost went to the bottom of the screen. And the last one was two extra bottles of water in a backpacker's backpack. <laughs> 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 and that was considered the heaviest thing, yeah. you know, in a backpack. Perfect. So, uh, so I thought that was hilarious because it's true. Like as backpackers, once, once we get our pack where we want it, we don't want to put anything else in it. Oh, heck no. Did y'all have to camel up and, and all that whenever you're, you're in the Pacific Northwest doing like those summits and stuff? Um, well, with mountaineering, there's a certain amount of dehydration that you're willing to accept. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, it's I mean, not yeah, wrong. Yeah, you have to. I mean, um, I mean, on Rainier with you know, uh, like for my my first summit with the the group of guys, the 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 dude that took the dump, um, there was five of us in our rope team, and uh, so you know, between five of us, we had one stove, um, just like if anything went went you know went bad or whatever. So uh, we left all the other stuff at camp, and. Um, and so, you know, we have we had a way to melt some snow if we needed to, um, but uh, but you know, you just kind of you kind of you're just surviving advance. You just you just make sure you melt enough to fill up your bottles before you leave, and then you kind of just roll with it. it. Yep, you just accept it. I always feel so bad for like the people who um, are doing the longer trails out west to go through the desert, and then they have to carry like eight liters of water or whatever. It's like a a twenty two mile stretch with no water. Yeah. Oh, I can't imagine. And a lo- I know some, sometimes they have their backpacks dialed in and they're like, okay, you know, I have a, I have an eight pound base weight and you know, I, I sleep under a tarp and blah, blah, blah. And then they have like 18 pounds of j- just straight water, just straight water. Yeah. praying, praying that they come upon some trail magic, yep. some gallons of water. But that, that is that is one of the best things about, about backpacking, getting some of that trail magic like that. That's happened Dude, to me twice with the water. When I was on the Sheltoe Trace, uh, it was me and brought my buddy Brian. We had gotten to uh, Cumberland Falls, and we were hiking north from Cumberland Falls, and there had been a race there the weekend before. And when the race was over, they took all the leftover gallon water jugs and put them by a tree with a sign that said, uh, trail magic for all Sheltoe Trace through hikers. And wow. so we stopped and that was the the hardest. I think one of the hardest sections of the whole Sheltoe trace is between Cumberland falls and the Far six lake. to seven miles after it. I would say yeah. that that's probably one of cause it's, it's a lot more technical bouldering stuff like that through there. And we didn't have to get water. Like we, we got two, two hours down the trail and we've been guzzling the water at this point. And there were these gallons of water just sitting there and we just filled up everything and hung out over at the shelter when we got to it and didn't have to worry about going to get water that night. It was awesome. Yeah, you can't beat that. Oh, yeah. Every time. It was the, awesome. Yeah, whenever I was doing the long trail, I remember there was <laughs> oh, gut hook, for those that don't know, there's an app, and it has, if you're doing a through hike, that is the app you want to get. You know, if yeah. you're doing the AT or PCT or CDT or, you know, some others too, like Camino de Santiago, a ton of different, different routes and it has everything that you need on there water resupplies shelters camp spots road crossings towns everything and i remember you know you can comment on stuff and everybody's saying this this whole stretch is dry you know that you're not going to get any water and i was walking just being dehydrated enduring surviving advancing i come upon this 
big box just full of like 16 ounce water bottles. And I was like, thank you, God. And, and then, then you realized it was all urine. that would have been awful (laughs) no it was it was fresh water you know that uh, somebody had left there and had wrote on the box and stuff and i got to camp and everybody in my trail family none of them had saw it i was literally like the only person well i don't know how they missed it and i was like well it's completely possible that somebody said it there after y'all come through because you know, I'm always last. That's what they get for being overachievers. That's right. You know, you have to sometimes you don't shoot for the moon. <laughs> sometimes you don't shoot for the moon. Sometimes just average, baby. Sixty percent, dude. Sixty percent. That's what I'm shooting right. for every time. I don't want to be hundred percent. I'll be sixty, you know. Maintain. Just maintain the yeah. I'm I'm the every man, you know? <laughs> yeah. Tell them about the uh, the Girl Scout cookies trail magic. Oh man! So it was it was a it was like a trip that was supposed to be four guys that turned into eight guys, and it was all YouTubers and a company and a and a cottage company owner. And it was like me and Dan Becker and the Shill Brothers and Midwest Backpacker Rob Pelton and uh, Chad from UGQ and his buddy, and we were all out there hiking together. How can where? And uh, we were up in Wisconsin in february so we're idiots and so we're out there hiking yeah it was cold and and so uh we're all hiking out there and and we're going across this road we found a place where we could all sit on the road and just eat our lunch and while we're sitting there this one truck pulls up and it stops and this good this dude walks out and looks at danny goes are you dan becker and we're like oh my gosh here we go dan mr famous right And, and so that happens and they have a little talk. Dan gets a picture with him, talks about him on his video, and the guy drives off. Well, then shortly after that, this other vehicle pulls up and stops. We're like, oh, great. Here comes Dan Becker part two. You know, Dan's going to be all famous. And uh, But no, it was this dude, and he just he stops, opens his trunk, pulls out a box, looks at all of us, and goes, any of you guys want some Scout cookies? Like, what? And this dude had just brought, he just had boxes of Girl Scout cookies, saw us, knew that we were hiking, and offered us, Girl Scout, every one of us got our own box of Girl Scout cookies. It was awesome. Absolutely awesome. I've never had trail magic like that before. That was one of the coolest things. Uh, That's baller trail magic. I wish that. See, we we all live in Kentucky and we got the Shell Toey. And I wish that we had like hiker towns because there's really, there's not any great places that it crosses through. I mean. Moorhead's about it. I mean, you, you have to walk right downtown Moorhead. Yeah, Moorhead, and then there, there's one like truck stop, like gas station thing with great hamburgers. Yes. Oh, I oh, saw great hamburgers. Oh, I've eaten there. Not while I was on the Sheltoe, but I went back just because I knew it was good. <laughs> oh, I was I, at that point. Brian and I had to figure out a different schedule to hike it. He had to go at one time, and I had to go at another. And so I was hiking by myself, and I came up on that, and I'd heard people talking about it for years. And I was like, I cannot wait to get one of these burgers. And I got one and I was just like the happiest guy in the world. Cause it's on the way to camp wildcat, I believe. Mm-hmm. And oh, so good. So good. That was the day I got dehydrated. Yeah. I got a burger there too, man. It was, I'm not, I don't know. I don't know how great their burgers are, but it was delicious that day. <laughs> I mean, anything's good. I look, I didn't even know the place existed. And then we walked out on the road. I was like, ah, crap. We got road walking. And then we, we passed that place. Forever. I was like, thank you, God, for this road walk. I had, uh, I don't know if you know this, but Reese's makes like these cupcakes. So I know it's weird. Like Reese's Pieces instead of M&M's kind of thing? No, they're like, I don't know, Creamfield or what. I can't remember. Ooh. I, me and uh were you there with hunter was that you and hunter that hiked that section yeah yeah there's a few of us and we all got like different snack cakes like they come in um you know pairs or whatever so if you got enough people you can kind of swap around you know kind of like i don't know if y'all ever done this but if you're staying at shelters sometimes you will swap out food oh yeah like trade coffee for whatever you know or yeah. Ron, and that's a very common one, unfortunately. 
I just oh, feel like we can do so much better than the ramen. Than ramen, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you can do a whole lot better in Mountain House, too, because that's just gross. Oh, shots fired. Shots fired. <laughs> this is nothing I haven't said before, so it's not like this is some new hot take or something. People who watch my channel know I'm not a big Mountain House person. I think I think people who say that their favorite food by Mountain House is the uh, beef stroganoff only say that because they haven't had something better. <laughs> that's probably true. You know, it's the same reason kids love bologna and don't get me wrong i just had fried bologna the other day for breakfast so i'm not i'm not dissing bologna but it's like they don't want to eat steak they just want a bologna sandwich and you're like sure. but it's steak it's like when i see people eating beef stroganoff from mountain house and they're like this is the best thing ever i'm thinking dude it's bologna like <laughs> let's get you like a steak bro let's get some real food in you because that's not the best thing in the world so, so then i got a question for you jk then if you yeah. are doing a a um you know, dehydrated meal or whatever, because of you just have to for weight and space concerns and things yeah. like that. What do you, what's your go-to? I dig on three different companies. Okay. Okay. I, I really, I can't eat them right now because I've been doing the keto diet, but uh, I love Stowaway gourmet. I think they have the best food period. Like nothing tastes as good as their stuff as far as I'm concerned, but because the keto thing, the two go-tos I have are packet gourmet, which is incredible. And uh, next mile meals. They're pretty good too. So like, uh, yeah, that's just better Mountain House, man. Mountain House, the fact you can buy it at Walmart should say everything. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, I just buy at Walmart. I get now. lots of groceries at Walmart. Would you buy it? Would you buy a down jacket at Walmart? Not a chance. Exactly <laughs> my point. So I win. Okay. So we are at the 55 minute mark in the show. So, Bryce, this is the point in the show where we offer you the opportunity to let everybody know how they can find. Uh, you, what you're doing, uh, let them know about the closet and everything. So I'll just leave it to you and you can let everybody know what they need to know about you. Yeah, man. You can find me on Instagram, uh, just Bryce Burton. Uh, you can find Kentucky Outdoor Adventure Project on there. Uh, I forget my handle. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely um, on Facebook. Yeah, it's, it's on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, it, you just, just put it in the search engine and you, you'll find it. So. And if you see a picture of a guy that looks like Joe Thomas, you know yeah. you found the right place. Yeah, yeah. So, and if you're in Kentucky and you have an organization that that might need these services, holler at me. Let me know. So, um, we're it, it is kind of a chicken and egg kind of thing. We're trying to figure out if if there's more organizations um, that need to be created, you know, to so we can help help some of these um, these places out. And uh, so, teachers mm. starting hiking clubs. Yeah. Wink wink. Wink wink. Hint, hint. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, that is a good end though. The schools, that's a good place yeah. to start with the kids. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, but yeah, man. No, man, we're just we're just rocking and rolling with it. And uh COVID has definitely slowed things down uh a bit, you know, just because groups aren't getting out. And um and yeah, so haven't been able to do another fireside chat. We want to do that just to keep building the outdoor culture here in Somerset and and um yeah, once we do that again, probably have to have you back. That sounds awesome, man. Yeah, I'd love to get your long trail story and all that stuff. So, very cool, man. Bryce, it's been awesome to meet you. Like, hey, believe it or not, Jeremiah ta has talked about you multiple times, mm -hmm. all of it good, like, oh, every bit of it good. You're the only person he's talked that much good about ever. <laughs> and so, uh, I'm kidding, he talks about everybody. Jeremiah can't, can't be yeah. mean, he doesn't know how. Uh, <laughs> But thank you so much for being on the show, man. I uh, really appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, we need to have you back at some point, if, if yeah. you're willing. Of course. I mean, yeah, okay. I'd love to dig deep into the stories of uh, your experiences out in the Pacific Northwest and around here as well. Well, let's just take the podcast to Mount Rainier. Hey, there, there you buy my ticket, man, and we'll be on the road. You see my face right now. If you're, if you're online, my eyes just lit up. Like, I'm all over go. that. Okay, I'm all over that. Absolutely. I'm in. So now we just got to get now we just got to get Jeremiah in. That's all that matters. I know it. Jeremiah, I, are you good? are you in? <laughs> are you in, Jeremiah? I'm not committed to anything right now. <laughs> but yes, I would love to go out and experience Mount Rainier with you fellas. It's got to happen. We're going to make we we could do it over the summer when you're out of school, man. Yeah, if that did, I don't to know be, what the yeah, dates were. Yeah, 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 yeah. Late July is perfect, man. What were you gonna say, bro? Uh, for for a long trail, a week uh, week long trail, the Wonderland Trail that circumnavigates Rainier. Oh, uh, dude! We, I tried to get in on that this year. I had a guy who got into the lottery for it, but we didn't get in. So that was gonna be one of my trails this year. That was yeah. the, my that was my third trip that kind of fell through was uh the Wonderland Trail. So 
It's tough, man. We we went through some some issues uh, with Mount Whitney this this summer. Yeah. Uh, trying, trying to get the permits and everything. It's 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 tough, man. We had to move our dates up like last minute. It was, it was crazy. So it's awesome. tough to get those lotteries. <laughs> well, Bryce, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Yeah, man. It's just been awesome. We're definitely going to have you back on, and we definitely are going out west. Sure. And I'm holding you to it, Jeremiah. It's happening. Sure. <laughs> Jeremiah, got anything else before we sign off of here? Uh, thank you, everybody, for everything. Yeah. This is gonna. This has been a fun episode. We are definitely going to have you back because this is great. Sure. So for myself and Jeremiah Stringer, you all have a great one. We'll catch you on the next one. Adios.